0: dh one um, I've been blessed um, as always it's just it's just good to get together as a family you know and I I don't know if I ever imagined it being this way and in some ways at times I feel guilty to feel this way but Sometimes, it seems you're almost more special than family. It gets that way. The family of God becomes so special. I don't know. It's I can't explain it. Um, so yeah, it just feels good to be here in the midst. And uh, I had to think this morning, after I had shared again, of some things I'd went through, but I also... I hope you don't get tired of hearing, at times, things I struggle with. But I want you to know I'm real. I'm human. I do have struggles. I don't get up here and everything's just fine and dandy always. And I don't, I, I don't want that. I want you to, to not see me in that way. And, uh, you know, back, it was 2007. 2008 when we came here, 2007 when uh, I went through Freedom Hills and became free. And uh, from 2008 till about 2011, yeah, there was this struggle of the transition, how God called us here. But it was those several years of just, I don't know, it was just kind of an easy road, it seemed like. I thought, this is pretty good. But um, then after I was ordained, it started looking different. And I see that it is different because my calling is higher. I mean, if Satan can destroy leadership, he can destroy the church and then I started in this heart series then it really broke loose and the first I met with uh, James I said what's going on you know, I, but he said I'm stepping into the battlefield because if we take this to heart and it changes all our hearts that we can do as the Bible commands that we love each other and that we submit to one another that all has to come from a pure clean heart. If there's bitterness or whatever in our heart, there's no way we're going to submit to one another. There's no way we can really love each other the way we are called to. But if we can free ourselves, that's tep- stepping into Satan's ground. So, even the more I need to be alert, being ready, always, in the Lord, having done all to stand in the power of his might. Because we are equipped. We don't have to fail. And I hope hope you can bear with me. We're ready for number nine out of the twelve. And uh, so far, We've been in the uh, hostile locked heart, the defiant, rebellious, neglected, the self-focused, the rejected, the moral, the intellectual, and the defiled. Many memories come back as I was reminiscing. Now we're taking a look at the dominant locked heart. And this is one that was a little harder. It was one that wasn't so real Um, some of the things that we worked through to get through this, yes it's real to me but I never saw myself as dominating or I was always a follower so this isn't as real to me so the description (coughs) is they make everyone go crazy It's really how they are. I mean, it's just, they can't relax. And it's just hard to live with them. And they're like an energizer battery. They're just going and going and going. And they want others to be doing and doing and doing. And it's just, where's the time to relax? Where's, can't you just be quiet for once? You know, it's because they're always in control. They can't let anything get out of their control. Because see, they fear when they relax, now they're out of control. Because at that moment, someone else could maybe start a conversation that they have no control in. So they're always in control. It's not safe. Because there might be something that they will hear that they don't want to hear. Or there might be some past brought up so that it's just always in control. They have to control, situ- <coughs> they have to control situations and people. Therefore, they can't submit to, one, uh, to others. They would rather sever relationships than to submit to others. Now, these can be rebellious to their spouse and to others in authority over them. You know, many churches have been split by people who are unwilling to lay down their thoughts. If you analyze these church splits that happened, most of them are different beliefs of what the scriptures say. And that does not change what the truth is really saying. The truth remains the truth, whether I believe it this way or I believe it this way. The truth is still the truth. And many relationships have been severed by maybe interpreting. I don't like to use that word because the truth is just the truth. We shouldn't be interpreting it. It should just be the truth. But but some interpretations are different. They vary, so there's a split because we can't submit to one another. We can't discuss it. selfishness truth does not have to be defended just presented these are not team players they rule with an iron fist they organize rigidly and impose conformity to the way of their thinking it's my way or the highway And it's either my way or you're on the highway or it's my way or I'm on the highway. I just won't show up because it's not going my way. They can't stand to be opposed because in their mind they always have to be right. They have this anger problem when they don't get their way, they also have a slow, uh, a slow, a low sympathy rate. They can't sympathize with others. Come on, get on with life. They have a hard time understanding others. Okay, so what causes... What causes a dominant locked heart? Could be from overly dominant and controlling parent. You know, this child may not have been allowed to make their own decisions because they were dominated at home. Neither were they asked what their certain thoughts are or what their thoughts were on certain issues. You know, the attitude may have been when you're under my roof you're doing it my way. And especially when the uh, Children are young adults. We need to include them in helping, what do you think? We don't always, I mean, it doesn't say that we have to do as a child things, but include them in the discussion just so they can, so they're part of the family. Um, And it helps them, it teaches them when they're on their own, how they can make their own decisions then. We can guide them in that way. And what we see as a child, and what we experience, is normally how we'll respond. More is caught than taught. You know, if I'm out there trying to start this mower, and that thing's just not starting, and it's just not starting. And uh, finally, I get so aggravated, and I give that thing a kick. And finally starting, so here I am going and mowing or whatever. What do you think my son might be standing there and saying, that is so stupid. When I grow up, I'll never do that. But let's say he's 40. See, there's a part of our brain that is shaped like a banana. They call it the banana of your brain. And that is when we're frustrated, anxious, fear. That's when we respond out of that banana, when we don't have time to think it through. So you're going there, and it's, you're getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Next thing we know, my son is kicking it. Why? Because he responded out of the banana. He didn't have time to think it through. It was, it was intense pressure there. And uh, so that's what we do. When we're controlled as a child and something happens that is out of our control, what do we do? We start controlling because we're responding out of the banana. Also parents that expect perfection. In this home, very little love is shown only disapproval. The child is feels as though they are never right and they don't feel valued. So if you have a child that's old enough to understand, sit down with them and ask them on a scale from 1 to 10. 1 is um, not valued at all. 10 is extremely valued. Ask that child, how much do you feel valued by me? See where you're at. Let's not be afraid. Let's not just assume we're doing the right thing. How much do you feel valued? And if they say four, don't criticize. Oh, you know I value more. No, just say okay, thanks for your honesty. What could I do? What can I do that you would be f- that you would feel valued? And what do I do that causes you not to feel valued? that's how we can improve it doesn't have to be a threat and it's never too late you know if, if our child is 60 80 I don't know if they'd be that old but um, it's never too late it's never too late to try and mend that relationship it's not worth Ending your life without having all relationships mended as much as possible. It's not worth it. Pride keeps us from doing that. And we may not win them all, but let's give it our best shot. It's worth it. There may be a traumatic experience that has happened that has caused this child to lock up And unknowingly, they don't even trust God anymore. You know, they might have lost their parent. They might have lost a sibling. Or they might have lost a a pet that was as, I had a dog that was like my brother. And uh, they feel as, especially if they feel as if they could have done something to prevent it. Or... um, Maybe they were with them and wishing they could have done something, but it was out of their control. And then, or maybe they were in ill standing, you know, they, d- they ha- didn't have a good relationship with their sibling, parent, whatever. They take everything in control because at that moment they were out of control. So this will never happen to me again. So they have to control every situation. When we know that God is still in control. But in this locked heart, you can't see that. So what are the consequences? It's one. Relationships that are not enjoyed. A driven and a dominant person cannot enjoy a relationship, nor do the people around them enjoy a relationship with them. Sometimes it's better when they're not there. It feels you, don't it, you feel guilty feeling that way, but that's really how you feel because whenever they're there, you just get aggravated at them because they just can't relax. And when you have two dominant people in the relationship, they both have to win, causing an evil for evil relationship. And that's something I haven't taught on yet, is that evil for evil. Things are done and words are spoken with the intent to hurt and bring the other one down. They just, whatever it may be, and it becomes a vicious cycle. Then sprinkle in some pride problems double yet just a fierce, fierce cycle there will be constant fighting but there's always hope for those who want hope so how do we resolve number one is bitterness and this may be this is something we hardly teach on but we can be bitter at God we may pretend that we're not but there's things that happened and here just a while back what I was sharing on all of a sudden my eyes were open I was becoming bitter at God because I was thinking on my past Said, what reward is this and uh, that's wrong but we need to see it and believe it, that that's where we're at. So we need to work through bitterness even towards God at times. Not saying that he was wrong, but I was wrong for feeling that way. So it still needs to be made right. Bitterness is so subtle and innocent, it is hard at times to see it in our own heart. Because we can justify it of how we feel because they were so wrong. and a root of bitterness will defile many Hebrews 12 verse uh, 15 looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled you know we may think I can just keep this bitterness within me it not only destroys you but it will destroy all of us it defiles many it leaks out and it keeps leaking out and it keeps growing and it bears terrible fruit so take that bitterness to the cross and lay it down and leave that burden there that's a burden we can't be- we can't bear we can't carry that burden of bitterness Bitterness is a tool of Satan to to defeat believers. So take that burden to Jesus. He invited us. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and hear of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls that rest is a refreshment it's, it's refreshing it's not just laying down it's, it's a refreshment for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and that's what happened here a while back a brother shared with me that he had that same burden in his heart that I had and he said um, he was in Virginia coming down that mountain and he said the Lord just spoke to him said we s- could we just trade burdens? You know, you're carrying this heavy burden that you can't even carry, or you're trying to carry this burden. Could we just trade? Because my burden is light. So he did. And that's what encouraged me. Because I was trying to carry this burden, nothing I could do about it, but I still tried to carry it. And I battled about a week then the one morning I woke up just as free as could be I could feel the burden had lifted if we come to him and we're serious he trades he takes that heavy burden and we can have that light burden of his just following him so what does resolving bitterness look like First, we must forgive those who have hurt us. Forgiveness demands a payment. Boy, this could get real deep. But I'm gonna forego that part of what that payment is. Jesus God made that payment for you and me. So when someone has sinned against us, we in our heart we demand something be made right. At least they could say sorry, you know. But if that person chooses not to, then we do the same thing as Jesus Christ did. And we make that payment for him. We assume, we assume that debt. Just like um, if someone would have a debt And I would be a millionaire and I would just come and I'd say, you know, Kyle, I'm going to assume your debt and I'm going to pay off that loan. That's what we do for the one who has sinned against us. You know what? I assume that pain. The pain you have caused me, I assume that. You go free. You will never, ever have to pay. That's the attitude we need if we truly want to forgive and be free. And there again, with that, that burden of that, take it to the foot of the cross because Christ will meet you there. Allow me to show you. Lord, I choose to forgive for the thing that causing me to feel... Maybe I should put some words in here. Lord, I choose to forgive John for making fun of me, causing me to feel worthless. I am willing to pay for the emotional pain and consequence that John has caused me. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to take back the ground that I've given to the enemy through my bitterness, and I yield that ground to your control. And you keep praying through whatever comes to your mind. If something just really gets you down, I had many. With all the mocking I had, that's why that came to my mind. You're making fun of me. Um, but that was so freeing. Once I released them. But then it was this heaviness. That comes on you then. Don't be alarmed. And don't feel that you have to carry that now. But there is this burden of okay. Now I'm. Now I have this. And this guy can go free. But no. Just give it to Jesus. So the next is, give the pain to Jesus. That's what he came for. He came to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus, I feel so weighed down with this. Whatever you want a word in there. And you can use your own prayer. Can I give you this pain? that I can't bear it alone. course he will. He'll say yes. So just give it to him. And could you speak peace to my pain and heal my heart right now? Then when he sets you free, just thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And that verse never meant me before what it did after I was free. So my question is, you know, are you free? Are you free? And you may wonder, how far is he coming back here? But I want you to look in your heart Am I free? It's not worth it. It's a miserable, miserable life with bitterness. And it keeps us from living that abundant life. another one is resolve rebellion a reaction against the authority of others is an indication of rebellion against God's authority which we had that with Keith on Romans 13 let every soul be subject unto the higher powers for there is no power but of God the powers that are or that be are ordained of God whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. God placed you in the family that, that you're in. And God placed you into this congregation. God gave you the job that you have. And God placed us into this country. It's all God's work. And as long as we do not have to violate God's words or the principles of God, we are called to submit to that authority. But submission does not mean that we can't discuss things that we can't ask questions. Submission is not just doing what everybody says, no. You know, we need to, as a family, when the children have questions, hopefully they can feel free to an- uh, que- you know, ask them, hey, it is nice when they just submit, but there comes a time when they need to have their own convictions. So allow questions. 1 Samuel. Also, if you fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and do not rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then both you and the king who reigns over you will continue following the Lord your God. However, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord but rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. That's God's view of rebellion. So here's another sample prayer. And again, you do not have to pray this certain prayer. It's just pray from your heart. isn't the Lord good that we can give it all to him if we confess our sin He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness the beauty of the Lord praise the Lord last one is resolving pride so identify the areas of pride in your life now some are obvious and some are hidden. I've told you the story about the hidden one about the nag horse and the fancy horse. Do you remember that one? Okay. And uh, if you didn't hear it, you can ask me later and I'll, I can tell you that little one. But the obvious pride is they're arrogant and uh, just proud, boastful. Then the hidden one is more, you know, I wouldn't do that. Or self-pity is one. I was terrible on the self-pity. Man, that was, the pity pot was my throne. I mean, it was just, phew, terrible. Anyway, just thinking, you know, that I wouldn't do that. Or, you know, others wouldn't do this. You know, um, I'm a little better than they are. That's pride. And it can be the lowly pride. Nobody drives drive that rusty Chevrolet to the church, but I do. You know, that could be, that can be pride if that's how I feel. So here's a list, partial list, there's more. And there again, you don't have to be writing fast. It's just um, you can ask for the list if you want to test yourself. Desire to be recognized and appreciated. Hurt feelings when others are promoted, but I am overlooked. Focus on myself rather than others. Blaming others for their failures. Becoming defensive when criticized. Concern about what others think of me. Difficulty in admitting when I have failed another person. View of others lower than myself. Desire for others to meet my needs. Desire for self advancement. Desire to be successful apart from God's blessings or direction refusal to give up personal rights, desire to control others, talking most often about myself when conversing with others, drawing attention to my abilities and achievements, feeling sorry for myself, self-pity because I'm not appreciated, focus on knowledge, on my knowledge and experience, self-sufficient attitude, excluding God or others. So you pray through each one of those. Lord, I acknowledge and renounce my uh, pride as evidenced through my desire for self-advancement, or whatever. And uh, whatever yours may be, whatever is in your heart, I assume there's no pride here. And then after you've prayed through all your pride issues, stay humble before the Lord and cast all your care upon him. That's how we stay free. Just walk humbly with thy God. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble. It's only by his grace that we're even here, that I even take another breath. That's how little I am, is I can't even breathe without him giving it. So how can I work without him giving it? Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. That he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So the result, they won't be so controlling. Sorry. They will be able to listen to another person's suggestions without reacting. They will do what other people ask them instead of always telling others what to do. They will become more understanding and sympathetic. They will be able to admit when they are wrong. And I did not um, could add in there they'll be relaxed. It'll be an enjoyment to be around them because um, it's just not fun being with someone who is always in control. What a wonderful experience it is when we can freely give and receive the love that's how god intended us that's what brotherhood is all about so god bless each one let's pray heavenly